Hi everyone, this is Sam Punk 9059 on Twitter with your proof daily NFT countdown. We have five stories for you today, starting with the most recent curated drop happened yesterday, The Harvest by Christian Stoveland. Now this is interesting for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is that it absolutely caught fire. It has already done more volume in less than one day than any of the prior seven curated art drops have done over the course of their lifetime. Now some of these dropped as early as September 2022. None of these were dropped in 2023, so they've all been around for at least a month but still the harvest in less than one day has already done more volume than any of them. A reminder, curated art blocks are the projects that the curation board of the art blocks team selects. So they're quite selective and only one to two drop per month. Uh, the last project that has done as much volume over the course of its lifetime was Fontana uh, by Harvey RainerPattern.co, but that's one of the most successful art drops, uh, art blocks drops of the second half of 2022 and has been around since September. Now, why is this done so well? First of all, I think the art just really, really resonates with collectors. It has this cool mountainous feel mixed with this really interesting color. Uh, the artist has a fantasy world building uh, background. So he uh, put that a little bit into some of the traits and I think that shines through in the art. But for whatever reason, this art just really resonated and it got a lot of momentum. Had the second most volume of any project on OpenSea yesterday. The median mint price was 3.5 ETH, average 3.75, and the current floor is 5.3. There are 400 editions, so they raised 1,500 ETH on the project. Not a bad day at the office. Now, if you look at where the sales have been, you can see this is kind of a complex chart, but there are a few things that are interesting to me about this chart. First is that you have sales really all over the map. So you had some grails, like some of the higher end pieces selling at 9 to 10 ETH, Generally a good sign for a project, but a lot of differentiation among the traits. Two is that you can sort of see here that the floor rose from 3.4 to 5.6, settled back down at 5.3. And then the last thing uh, that I'd say is that the volume really, really died down overnight. So you had a lot of volume yesterday and then you know the volume really dry, dried up and there was only one or two sales per hour or maybe even every, every couple of hours uh, over the night in the US. A lot of top collectors got involved. I think people see these collectors uh, and, and trust their judgment. JDH, 6529, Curated, were all uh, decent buyers of this project. And the one thing I would say, you know, this price is high. It's run a lot from a 3.5 median mint to 5.3 floor, right? One thing we always see is that art blocks liquidity can drive very quickly. So be careful only by art blocks if you like, if you like the art, if it's something you want to hold for a while, but an interesting drop here for sure. The second story is the Board Ape Yacht Club sewer passes finally dropped one day late, but they dropped to much fanfare and they had a lot of volume, 13,500 ETH of volume in the past 24 hours. And that doesn't even cover the full day. So by now I'm sure it's even higher. Um, now, if you remember the way that these sewer passes work is that they're divided into four tiers based on if you had an ape or a mutant and if you had a dog. Okay, so the first tier uh, is the cheapest, the fourth tier is the most expensive and the utility of the higher tiers is that when you're playing the Dookie Dash game, they give you a higher multiplier. Now looking at where the floors are, so that blue line here, this blue chart is where the floors were basically within 10 minutes of the mint. You can see you know, tier fours were at eight, tier one was at two, and then that red line is where they were when I checked about 30 minutes ago, uh, and the floors have fallen pretty substantially since the drop. Uh, tier fours at 4.9, tier ones fell a little bit less at 1.55. I've always thought that the tier fours will separate themselves, 
and one, two, and three will be pretty close in price. I think anybody who's playing this game and spending the amount of time that will be necessary to compete against other DGENs is gonna wanna get that tier four pass. You know, I think there'll be a little bit less, dif less differentiation between the rest of them. What did this do for Bored Apes? We had a bit of a fall yesterday, or two days ago, uh, when they announced the delay. Yesterday, we were relatively flat. I like to look at the whole collection of everything that a Bored Ape holder has received since Mint, and you can see that the price actually went up a little bit. The reason for this is that we had to add the sewer passes to this collection. So they got this big dividend, you know, five ETH for the tier four, you know, 1.5 ETH for the tier one. So that added to the overall value more than offset the drop in floor price that we saw yesterday. Story number three, and this is related to story number two. It's one we've been talking about forever in this space, exchange battles, but just wanted to touch on it because one thing that was interesting was that the sewer passes were really only traded on OpenSea and X2Y2. They did do the exchange registry, which blocks exchanges where royalties are optional. X2Y2 sometimes doesn't enforce royalties because people forget to enter them, but that's a separate point. But it could really only be traded on OpenSea and X2Y2. OpenSea did 72% of the volume. And you can see here that on Blur, which is the obvious one that's being blocked, uh, they say that a centralized filter restricts transactions on this collection. Now, what's interesting here is that this is not the first project to do this. In fact, most of the new projects have actually been doing this. What this chart here looks at is where has been the most volume over the course of 2023 and which exchanges they are on. And you can see like the most volume has been Mutants, Board Apes, Board Ape Kennel, Azuki, other side. But after that, if you look at the bars that don't have any red, it's Captains, Sewer Pass, you know, Mutant Hounds and Mutant Hound Collars, Potatoes, uh, Based Heads. So a lot of these projects have actually been blocking exchanges uh, in order to preserve the royalties. This is happening um, and it's happening kind of quietly. I think when this came out, there was the idea that a lot of people just wouldn't buy these NFTs. Perhaps that's happening. We don't know how much more volume Sewer Pass would do if there weren't perhaps people not or boycotting because they block certain exchanges. But what we do know is that, you know, they still are doing a fair bit of volume. Now, what I think is interesting is if you look at this next chart, what this chart looks at is the projects that have received the most in royalties in 2023. And you can see that even though, you know, it's all these older projects that have done the most volume, the ones that have received the most in royalties are all these newer projects. So sewer pass, uh, is number seven on the volume list for 2023 after one day, but it's number two on total royalties. Captains is number one, uh, Mutant Hounds is number three. So all those top three are all in the group of projects that block exchanges. So who knows how long this will work? Who knows where we're going? But right now it does feel like a good handful of new projects are going with this exchange blocking strategy. And it does at least seem to be working to preserve royalties even if it means that you have, you know, more centralization, you know, less liquidity, you know, you, you don't get to take advantage of Blur's 0% marketplace fee. There are definitely pros and cons, but this is uh, just reporting on what's been going on with the exchanges. Number four, notable art sales. There were four notable art sales that I wanted to mention today. One is that a ringers sold for 85 ETH. If you look at the floor price here, you can see the floor is around 55. So this was this was at a good 50% premium to the floor. Uh, Dimitri Cherniak congratulated the buyer, pointed out that that red dot is what makes this unique. A very clean ringer, really nice four x four grid with that red dot. So that was a big sale. 
There was a Gazers, which sold for 46.5 ETH. This was, uh, you know, a 31 ETH floor. So this was again, 50% premium to the floor. A couple of things I'd say. One is that this was actually the second most expensive Gazers sale of all time. You can see here is the number two, you know, one had sold for 47 before, and I believe it was the aluminum background that really made it premium. I'm not super familiar with how they differentiate Gazers, but that's my sense there. Number three, uh, Guido Di Sal's Carpe Diem sells for 25 ETH. Uh, Guido Di Sal is one of the top photographers in the space. Uh, this was sold on AOTM, Art of the Moment. Um, now, if you look at prior sales, a 25 ETH sale is great for him. He has had one at 33 and he has had one at 55 on Super Rare. So not his top sale, but those were really in the bull market. So still a really nice sale. Congrats to the buyer and seller or, and artist there. And then the last one I wanted to mention is Otherworld's Perfect Chaos. This piece sold for 70 ETH. Um, now, if you remember a couple days ago, we talked about how Otherworld had a, a sale, this profits piece for just 44 ETH. So going from 44 ETH to 70 ETH is clearly a big jump. Not his biggest sale ever. He did have a sale for 80 ETH, but regardless, really nice, congratulations. And the last story I wanna talk about uh, was that Azuki announced that they are partnering with Billy Billy. Who is Billy Billy? It's a leading social media video community in China. The reason I thought this is kind of interesting is because I think what makes Azuki stand out is that I think they have a very strong following in Asia. Uh, so just, it really is a status symbol and kind of an identity marker all over the world. But in Asia, Azuki is, is really, really strong. So interesting to see them uh, partnering with a large public company uh, based in China. What does it do for you? If you own an Azuki on the Billy Billy app, it's gonna give you basically an equivalent to the hexagon. So with this little symbol right here, so that's gonna show that you are an official Azuki owner. Uh, they made a bunch of emojis that you can use uh, when you're on their app. You know, I don't think any of this stuff is a huge deal, um, but it is interesting just to see Azuki kind of really trying to tie down that connection with the Asia region. You know, I used to live in Hong Kong, a few Hong Kong ty tycoons, like real whales have been very active in this project. So nice to see them pushing that a little bit further. Um, one thing I do always say though, is that you know this isn't the type of thing that moves a price very, very quickly. The on-ramp from exposure to a brand, to seeing it on one of these platforms, to wanting to spend $20,000, which is what you have to do if you wanna get an Azuki on an NFT, you know that's a very, very long funnel, a very, very long on-ramp. So this isn't the type of stuff that moves the needle immediately, but over time, I think, uh, you know, nice to see this exposure. That's all for me. That's all for me today. We're now on pretty much every podcast provider. So if you want to subscribe and get those alerts, go to Proof Daily NFT Countdown on Spotify, on Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you can get it there. Like the video if you like it. We will see you tomorrow and uh, have a good day.